0: Good morning sports fans, this is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. Good Friday morning to you guys. I am so sorry I have not been posting literally probably for a week or so since my last post. Uh, I'm in the middle of dead week in school finals next week. I've got two exams next week. uh, I had two papers. I finished one of my papers uh, last night, if I remember correctly. I don't know. Everything's kind of blurring together right now. So if you guys just bear with me, I will do my best to keep things updated as we go throughout the rest of this week. Next week, I'll probably go silent again until I'm done with you know, my major projects. So with that, let's just jump into it. And last night, we had some good action uh, across the associations, meaning the NFL or NBA. And we'll start with Thursday Night Football which featured a great matchup between NFC uh, South Division foes, the Atlanta Falcons, and the New Orleans Saints. This game was in Atlanta, so thank goodness for the Falcons because it is tough to beat New Orleans in the Superdome. Uh, That game, the final score, Atlanta 20 and New Orleans 17. In this game, that's pretty surprising, considering Matt Ryan's bad night. He he threw the ball 15 of 27 for 221 yards, and one touchdown, but three interceptions. Three interceptions, and that's the surprising part of this victory for the Falcons is the they lost the turnover battle. Drew Brees only had one interception, albeit a crucial one in the fourth, late in the game, but still they they. That just goes to show the Falcons' defense was the hero of the night. Uh, the Falcons also won the time of possession, 34 minutes, 41 seconds, to 25 minutes and 19 seconds. Again, that just shows the Falcons were able to hold Drew Brees and that Saints offense to a lot of three and outs, which is a really tough thing to do for four quarters. We saw it in the Super Bowl where they essentially dominated the uh, uh, New England Patriots offense in that first half, only allowing th- three points. And I'm not even sure that those three points came in the first half. No, they came in the first half, I'm trying to remember. But yeah, it, they again, it was a very similar, but to do it for four quarters, uh, to hold the Saints to 17 points, that is a lot right there. Uh, granted, Alvin Kamara was knocked out of the game uh, early in the first quarter by Deion Jones, so they didn't have to worry about a potential Rookie of the Year candidate. But still, the fact that they were able to hold those Saints in check for four quarters says a lot about that defense and the talent that they have. The Falcons are starting to trend upward. Steve Sarkeesian starting to get it together on the offensive end of things, as far as the coordination is concerned. So they still have a very real chance of winning that division, which if you would have told me that a few weeks ago, I would have laughed, you know, that they were deep behind their opponents. And as we look at the the, uh, division standings, the Saints come in at first, nine and four on the season, three and one in the division. Panthers coming at eight and four, two and two in their division, and the Falcons now at eight and five, nipping at their heels, two and one in the division. So, if Falcons win out, because they play the Panthers in the coming weeks, if they were to win out, they would definitely win the end their division because they play the Saints again in New Orleans, seventeen or sixteen days from now. One of the two. Uh, so it, we're gonna have to keep an eye on things in that division. As a Seahawks fan, I know I will be because my wild card implications uh, are going up against this. So we could be—we're definitely gonna be playing somebody out of this division, assuming we hold on to our wild card spot. It's starting to heat up in the NFL, and it really goes to show you how how much uh, these games matter late in the season. Every game becomes a fight for your playoff survival. If you lose, it becomes crucial. That another team loses, it, it's such a domino effect across the league, and it's it's really exciting time of year for for uh, the NFL, and it's something I'm excited to watch. So, bear with me, guys. I'll try and keep you posted on NFL news and NFL updates as far as uh, the games are concerned, and we're just gonna it's gonna be exciting to see who comes out on the other side going to the playoffs. We will turn our attention now to the NBA as the 76ers have finally traded Jalil Okafor, the former third overall pick, to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, speaking of that number three overall pick, he led the 76ers in scoring in his rookie year and averaged 14.6 points and 5.9 rebounds in 105 career games, but quickly fell out of favor with the organization when Joel Embiid made his presence felt. And he was even put behind Rashard Holmes on the depth chart, so I just don't understand the 76ers, you know, they he, he showed he has talent and can definitely at least be used 15 to 20 minutes per game, coming off the bench at least. And I understand wanting to get some stuff, you know, some value back for him because he would obviously leave in free agency. but. To not even use him at all, I just don't understand how they couldn't make this rotation work. Now, they will—they will get some talent back for this trade. Uh, Trevor Booker comes over from the uh, from the Nets, a, a solid veteran presence for that locker room, and a guy who's who can really do some things. He's added a three-point jumper uh, in his time in Brooklyn and he is again just a good veteran presence to have plays tough on defense he's not going to stop somebody in the post but he's a good three and four defensive kind of guy so they definitely do get some value out of this trade as well as a draft pick they the 76ers send Jalil Okafor and Nick Stauskis who hopefully will get a chance to kind of restart his career as well for in rebuilding Brooklyn and for the Nets, you know, I think this is a great move. Jalil Okafor, he's, I think he's starting center caliber. Uh, he, again, he's, he's got some defensive issues. That may have been one of the things that turned the 76ers off to Jalil Okafor. But he he's proven he can score. He can score with the best of them down in the post. And he has great offensive low post footwork. Uh, to Some liken it to Hakeem Olajuwon as far as his post work is concerned. So hopefully he's been working and crafting his game as he's, you know, had this time to sit and think about things on the bench. Uh, he's going to have to wait a little bit to, you know, resume playing action. I think the uh, Nets are going to bring him in slowly, so he's probably going to have to spend some more time on the bench. But still, you think he's going to get a fair share of action in Brooklyn, especially with, you know, the injuries they've had on that roster they've been very depleted for a while now so it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into the scheme there but uh, the former spurs assistant gm who is now the G- general manager of the nets Sean Marks he's has this he has these nets trending upward it's an extremely young roster with a lot of talent you know that needs to be developed obviously but they, they've, they're they building for their future, and I think Jaleel Okafor is going to be part of that future. I think Jaleel Okafor has a chance to be a great big in this league. If he can just work on his defense, hopefully he's kept a good attitude about it in Philly. Um, if he can just work on his defense and add that part to his game, I think he could be a great big man in this league. So... Uh, a lot of big men have been adapting, you know, to the the way the NBA is played now. The you know you need a three point jumper. We see that with Brook Lopez, the former Brooklyn center, who now has a three point jumper. Uh, Al Horford out of the three point jumper. A lot of, you see a lot of bigs trying to incorporate that into their game. That might be something Jalil Okafor has to work on. I, I heard uh, ESPN analysts say it's either evolve or die. I Don't necessarily think that's the case. You look at Dwight Howard, who has done nothing to evolve in his career, he's tried to add a mid range jumper, but you rarely see him use it. Uh, what he practiced in the offseason, you see those videos on Instagram and Facebook of him knocking down mid range jumpers like nothing, but he never does it in a game. So, for Jalil Okafor I think if he just I don't I really don't think evolve or die is true I think if he just focuses on his low post game and does a good job defensively as well he can make a great package for uh, the Brooklyn Nets and really make his case as one of the better bigs in the Eastern Conference and who knows maybe the NBA And speaking of those Brooklyn Nets, they defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder in Mexico City 100-95. That game wasn't last night. It was Wednesday night. But still, Karis Levert led the Nets with 21 points and 10 assists, his first double-double in 81 career games. And, again, that's just part of that young, talented core that the Nets are employing. Uh, Meanwhile, the Oklahoma City Thunder continue to struggle uh, that game, they didn't have Paul George, I believe. Uh, they lost their eighth straight road game of the season. So that that puts the Nets at ten and fourteen with the win. The Thunder, meanwhile, fall to eleven and thirteen. Still, stru- still trying to th- figure things out in Oklahoma City. And I just can't figure it out. All that talent, I, I really thought it was going to work. You know, I, th- I still think it has the potential to. Who knows? Maybe they'll figure things out. It took. 39 games for the Cleveland Cavaliers to figure things out, and LeBron's first year back from Miami. So I, they, I think they still have time, you know, to figure things out and become that Golden State Warriors threat that we all thought they could be. Elsewhere, the Houston Rockets defeated the Jazz last night, 112 to 101. They have won eight straight games since Chris Paul's return from injury. And not only have the Rockets been elite offensively this year, they have turned into a good defensive team this year. And I think that has to do a lot with Chris Paul, both of his you know defensive ability personally and in general, but his ability to be a floor general and leader are really affecting the rest of the Houston Rockets roster. So if they can put together that package of great defense with their amazing offense that we already knew they had... Look out, this team could really challenge for the Western Conference title and hopefully defeat the Warriors. Sorry guys, my bias is showing, but you know what? I'm sick of the Warriors. Anyways, moving on. All right, college basketball tonight, the six and one Oklahoma Sooners travel to the Staples Center to take on the 25th ranked USC Trojans uh, in the Hall of, Flame, uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame Classic Tournament. Again, that's at the Staples Center. Oklahoma freshman Trey Young leads the nation in scoring with 28.7 points per game, but also 8.7 assists per game. So he's doing, not only can he go get his own shot, but to be able to find teammates that many times a game really shows that this guy is a threat with the ball in his hands usc is coming off of a loss to smu 72 to 55 a game in which they lost in similar fashion to texas a and m earlier this season uh, head usc head coach andy infield was quoted as saying we had trouble making shots again in the second half well good news coach oklahoma comes in allowing 38.8 percent from three f- th- excuse me three point land uh, by opponents, ranking 292nd in the nation, and that could be the difference for the USC Trojans as they they have again struggled shooting. And I watched a game in which they beat Vanderbilt. They they were able to overcome a deficit and beat uh, their SEC opponent, and they just didn't look that impressive. I don't really understand what you know the committee saw as far as preseason rankings is concerned but they definitely have talent. I'm not saying they don't have talent, but to challenge for the Pac-10 or Pac-12 title, I don't necessarily see that. I think Arizona is going to walk away, you know, in a landslide this year, uh, assuming they overcome these early season struggles. But still, I just don't don't think the ranking, I think they were overrated period coming into this season. So, you know, this this game is definitely going to be an interesting one. It's on ESPN2 if I remember correctly, uh, when I was doing my research. Uh, again, Oklahoma taking on USC. <sniffs> so speaking of LA schools, we go from USC to UCLA. As LeVar Ball has pulled Le'Angelo from school at UCLA, uh, they, they will not wait for the ruling as to how long he would be suspended but will instead look to go take their talents overseas to europe oh man um so both of his sons now have an agent which by ncaa rules makes them ineligible for college basketball lavar my goodness so this may not be a popular opinion but i i honestly understood what lavar was doing earlier on when he was making all these outrageous claims about big baller brand and his son being better than steph curry his son being better than lebron him going after lebron and his children just making all these outrageous claims i understood what he was doing and didn't mind it it was all marketing and he did a great job of it especially when it came up with those 500 dollars big brand shoes or big baller brand shoes and everyone lost their minds, and I was just kind of sitting back and just thought, "Yeah, that's smart marketing in this day and age when all you need is to get the media's attention, and the media is just going to pick up and sell whatever they can, as far as you know viewership is concerned." So when sports media, even even the regular news media, CNN and Fox, namely, pick you can pick up on this this is brilliant for business and lavar ball just had them eating out of the palm of his hand uh it still does to this day although now i think this is where i gotta this is where i gotta question him w- what are you doing your son was caught stealing and apparently he was the only one caught shoplifting in china as you all probably heard ...you know, from the from headlines... ...he was the only one caught stealing in China. The other two were innocent. And to not even, you know, publicly condemn his son's actions... ...I just don't understand it. And now he's... Bl- ...it looks like he's blaming the school, you know... ...and uh, he came out and was like, oh... ...he didn't even thank Donald Trump for getting his kids out of China, which... By the way, if you look at the statistics, China has a 96% conviction rate in cases like LiAngelo's, 96%. And the average jail time, three to 10 years for shoplifting. It may have been lessened because he was a US citizen, but still China does not mess around. As far as places not to steal from, You have North Korea, if you can make it into the country, and then China. Those two have got to be at the top of the list of boneheaded places to even try and shoplift. So, LiAngelo, we all know what kind of person you are now, as far as shoplifting is concerned. You've revealed your true character. No NBA team is going to want you, be real. And his younger son, LaMelo, sucks at basketball, if I'm being honest. I just hate watching him play. He has no defensive ability. It Just stands there and watches his teammates. And he, yes, he scored 96 points in a game. I think it was 96. But he probably had to take 60 shots to do it. He's also a very selfish basketball player. And I know I'm gonna have a lot of people saying, oh, he's, he's up on him, he's just a young kid. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, but he doesn't have basketball IQ. I'm just making an observation. So anyways, Lavar, I think you've just ruined your two sons' chances at ever playing professionally. Who knows? They're probably going to get picked up by a European club just for publicity, a publicity stunt. But I don't think we're ever going to see them in the NBA. And if we do, it's just going to be a publicity stunt. Neither of these two sons have the talent to play at the NBA level. Lonzo is, I think, gonna be fine. You know, he's gonna come along and gonna have a carve out of solid career. I don't know if he'll ever be a superstar, but I could see him being a star and a guy who would maybe make a couple of all-star games. But LaVar, settle down, please. All right, back to basketball, this time the NBA. And we have some great games happening today uh, in the NBA. Uh, namely, the Golden State Warriors at the Detroit Pistons. Now, earlier on, this would have been a much better matchup as Detroit was one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Uh, they started the season with, I believe it was 10 wins out of their first 14 games, coming in at 10-4. and four. Well, since then, they've gone 4-6. and six. So, yeah, 4 four and six in their last 10 games. The Warriors, meanwhile, even without Steph Curry, continue to find ways to win. They've won five straight and come in at eight and two in their last 10 games for a record of 20 and six. Detroit now at 14 and 10. Uh, The Pistons, speaking of which, are coming off of a winless four-game road trip, three of them being decided in the last minute. So they've been in positions to win each and every one of those games, and that is the most frustrating part for that team is they just can't close it out uh, the pit the only reason this game is really interesting honestly is because the pistons when you look at them you know match up to match up they have avery black Bradley Reggie Jackson who can you know create for them Tobias Harris who gives them size at the wing uh, can you know at least match up with Kevin Durant on defense and Andre Drummond who's a matchup problem uh, JaVale McGee will be likely be the one to match up against him but still Look for Andre Drummond to go with the double double. The only problem, uh, and Andre Drummond's actually improved from the free throw line this season. So uh, I haven't seen any teams go with the hack of Drummond yet. Granted, I haven't watched much Pistons basketball, but in any case, uh, the game's interesting just because Detroit matches up defensively, and they've been able to put the ball in the bucket this season. So. Uh, I still, you still can't go against the Warriors no matter what. Um, yeah, I've got to go with the Warriors again. You know, Kevin Durant, too good. Draymond Green, great defensive presence. Klay Thompson, great three-point shooter, great defensive presence, and they just know how to play the game together. Pistons still aren't there yet, so I look for the Warriors to add to the Pistons' misery tonight. Uh, Another good game I thought I saw as far as the list of games I were interested in or I was interested in uh, Celtics at the Spurs tonight. Celtics are 8 and 2 in their last 10. Spurs also 8 and 2 in their last 10. So both of them trending upward. Celtics are 22 and 4. Spurs are 17 and 8. And really this comes down to Kyrie Irving versus LaMarcus Aldridge. They're not going to match up against the other, obviously, because Kyrie's a point guard and Lamarcus is a six foot eleven power forward. <laughs> uh, but in any case, these two have been the catalysts of their teams this year. Uh, Kyrie Irving has fit in splendidly in uh, Boston, and I really, I really think he's gotten a chance to blossom uh, for, for the Celtics and this team. They had to go away from their offensive strategy when Gordon Hayward went down, and they've gone to a, more of a defense, you know, a defensive mentality, and it's really paid off for them. Kyrie Irving's even getting involved. He's averaging a lot. Almost at one point, it was two steals a game. So Brad Stevens has clearly, you know, clicked with Kyrie Irving in some way or another. Uh, and meanwhile, the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard. Just doing their thing, quietly sitting at third in the East, or Western Conference, which is a tough thing to do when you look at all the talent out there. And good news for the Spurs, Kawhi Leonard is set to make his first start this year coming off of that quad injury against the Suns this Saturday, so tomorrow. And as a Spurs fan, I could not be more happy. we It's going to be interesting to see how he fits in with LaMarcus Aldridge. Because Lamarcus Aldridge has been the hero uh, for through these first 25 games, he has been averaging 20, at least 23 points per game, which is exactly what he did in Portland. And he's been playing like his old Portland self. He's really has a comfort level. So how is he going to react when Kawhi Leonard gets back? That's the only thing that concerns me. It, does he go back to the La- Lamarcus Aldridge of last year, where he just passes up his shot and you know? second guesses himself, or does he continue to be this, I have the ball, I'm gonna shoot it, kind of LaMarcus, that has really helped the Spurs out to this good start, even without Kawhi Leonard. So now we go back to football, college football, namely. The final four features Georgia versus Oklahoma, Oklahoma being the two seed and then Alabama versus Clemson, Clemson being that one seed, Georgia and Bama come in at three and four respectively. I'm really excited for this final four, and I think the committee got it right when it came down to Alabama versus Ohio State. Ohio State fans will whine and complain and say, "The, the oh, but the we won our conference championship. Are you saying the conference championship doesn't matter? Yes, that's exactly what the committee's saying. You guys had it the same way last year when you got a chance to into the, go into the college football playoff when Penn State won the Big Ten championship game, and you still got in Ohio State. So don't give me that conference championship bull crap. In any case, last year we all saw what you guys could do in the conference championship, or excuse me, the, the football playoff when Clemson blanked you 34-0 and would go on to win the NCAA title. So I'm really glad Ohio State didn't get in. And uh, I actually spoke with one of my professors at school who was a big Ohio State fan. <clears throat> he went there, taught there. He's super happy Ohio State didn't get in either because he thinks they would have gotten exposed so badly in the secondary uh, by a really good Clemson team again. So he's honestly happy with his matchup against USC, who I think is very beatable in that game. So congrats Ohio State, go enjoy your bowl game. But please stop complaining about the final four. <clears throat> in any case, let's get down to some of these matchups, and I'll obviously do a pregame show for these matchups when they arrive. But they are so far away, I thought I thought I'd at least at least get my thoughts on them. Wow, I can't talk this morning. In my defense, it's you know, I got here at 3 a.m. But in any case. Georgia versus Oklahoma. This game is one of the more interesting ones, or is the more interesting one, honestly, in my opinion. I think Oklahoma's offense does just enough to get them past Georgia and all. It's all because of Baker Mayfield, one of the Heisman finalists, by the way. I'm not sure when they're presenting the Heisman trophy, but it's in the very near future. I see all the advertisements about it on ESPN and whatnot. But that's the whole reason I pick Oklahoma. This game could go one of two ways for me. Oklahoma could win by double digits. It could be a 38 to 24, 21 kind of game where Georgia just can't keep up offensively. And Oklahoma's defense, by the way, has been looking fantastic the last couple weeks, dominating TCU in the Big 12 championship game and dominating the week before that. So if Oklahoma can put a complete game together both offensively and defensively like they have been the last couple of weeks you could be looking at your national champion so for me even if this turns into a shootout which I think it has the potential to I've got to go with Oklahoma simply because of Baker Mayfield and his decision making Georgia has a fantastic rookie or freshman quarterback who is already a star in my opinion but He's not Baker Mayfield star level yet. Next year, I think he's going to continue to grow, and I think down the road we're going to be looking at a future NFL you know prospect. But right now, it's Baker Mayfield show, and the way he's been playing, holy cow! Look out, Bulldogs! I think Oklahoma wins this one. Clemson for Al- and Alabama, I think Clemson's going to win this one pretty handily. Quite honestly, I think Oklahoma's defense is elite. Just if if not better than alabama's it matches up with it and offensively it's much they're much better than alabama alabama is so one-dimensional it's not even funny literally load the box and force jalen hurts to throw over the top and you've won that's the thing no team has the speed to contain jalen hurts oh wait clemson does and they're playing clemson so i've got clemson winning this one pretty handedly 31 to 17 over alabama now my opinion may change as we get to the uh, you know the games themselves, and I'll do another show on them, like I mentioned. But look, right now, looking in, Clemson and Oklahoma appears to be the championship matchup, if you ask me. And I really like I really like what I see in that matchup. That game would be a whole lot of fun, and I'm going to save that pick for later for you guys. And we go from college football to the NFL one last time for this for this episode at least. And we end on a little bit of a somber note. Uh, Ryan Shazier, I just wanted to give an update on his condition and his situation. Uh, he underwent surgery to stabilize his spine. And that pretty much goes without saying that he'll miss the rest of the season, which is a huge blow to the Steelers' Super Bowl hopes. And I honestly think that they... You know, they still have a shot at the Super Bowl. Obviously, they're going to have to go through the Patriots if they want to get there, but still, um, that team has the talent and the roster to do it. But this this is a huge blow for that defense. Um, that being said, this injury is so much bigger than football. Um, it's likely going to be months before he can even consider a return. And um, I, I did a little research on the uh, surgery and what goes into it. A spinal stabilization surgery uh, can take a variety of forms, but typically involves titanium or stainless steel screws, plates, etc., and or a a bone graft to stabilize the spine and to treat any spinal cord problems, including those caused by trauma, which unfortunately is likely in Shazier's case. Uh, The surgery is usually done in an effort to take pressure off or decompress the spinal cord or nerve roots. And when you and looking at that injury, you know, I watched it live. And when he went down, you immediately see, see him reach for his back <clears throat> and grab out his back. And then when he rolls over, he's clench opening and closing his hands in an effort to, you know, make sure he has feeling in his hands. And Guys, I can speak from experience to this. I broke my my neck in high school, playing high school football. Uh, I was in practice during the Oklahoma drill, and I lowered my head trying to run a guy over. And next thing I know, I just feel this shock verberate through my body. And I couldn't couldn't feel anything for a little bit. I went limp. And... uh, I had a little bit of feeling in my hands, but it was more of that tingling sensation, like when you're, you know, when your hand falls asleep if you lay on it while you're taking a nap or something like that. But I couldn't move my hands. It was the weirdest sensation. It was also the most terrifying sensation ever. And when I saw Shazier not able to move his legs, that was scary. You know, I thought I had just seen a guy, you know, lose a chance to walk again and but, uh, that's the worst feeling ever it really is so I sympathize with Shazier in that remark, in that regard and it, this is so much bigger than football you know if, if no matter what team you root for if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan you know you gotta feel for the guy and you gotta feel for that locker room in Pittsburgh that's that's a guy that you know they go to work with day in and day out and you know kind of like at work you know like the rest of us normal people who have normal jobs with football and sports as a lot of my listeners might know it's different it's a brotherhood it's a, it's a quite it's a fraternity that you know you would go to die for each and every one of your teammates you know, I kind of felt the same way going to in play football into the college level. You know, I grew to love a lot of my teammates, and it's such an unfortunate situation for Shazier. The twenty, He's a 25-year-old middle linebacker for Pittsburgh. He's, he's battled a lot of injuries in his career thus far, but you know he's one of the premier linebackers in this league. And this is so unfortunate because if – You know, you you look at his wife and family, I doubt they'll want him to play again, quite honestly. From his wife's standpoint, I want my husband to be able to be able to walk and play with my kids, you know, down the road. I don't want him to be in a wheelchair. And, you know, if I'm Shazier, I've got to be thinking about retiring because, Quality of life after the game is what's more important, being there for your family. And, um, yeah, it's it's really just a, a tough situation to be in. So I, I pray for, I'm praying for Ryan Shazier. I wish him nothing but the best as far as his recovery goes. And uh, who knows, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And guys, that concludes this episode of Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. I hope you enjoy my content. I hope you enjoy my discussions and opinions on, you know, everything sports. If not, that's a-okay. But we're, we can agree to disagree. If you have any feedback or you want to start a debate with me, anything, feel free to call into the station, leave a comment, etc. Uh, all opinions are welcome. You know, debate is fun for me you know i love uh, hearing uh, altering opinions as long as it's respectful that is if not then you're just a troll <laughs> um feel free to go over to my uh, facebook page you pick it give it give it a like i'd love to see your comments there i'll be posting all the top stories info etc on everything sports uh or just give me a favorite here on uh on anchor if if you'd rather not follow on facebook uh, I'd love to get as much favorites as possible and love to share my love of sports with you guys. And um, I'll be doing my best to stay up to date as far as uh, the world of sports is concerned. So I will do my best the next coming days uh, to give you guys updates or some sh- uh, episodes here and there. Again, finals week is looming. So I may not be very active going into next week, but who knows? Maybe I'll find time to squeeze in uh, and we'll just go from there. Sound fair? Well, too bad. I am I run this show. So, anyways, uh, have a great Friday, guys. Have a great weekend. I will uh, see you guys later. Who knows? Maybe I'll make another episode of if something piques my interest today. Uh, and I will, again, see you guys later. This has been Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor.